Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. We often find ourselves uh, chasing after the next big thing. I wonder, are we just now even thinking about New Year's, Boxing Day sales, New Year's party? Are we thinking about uh, what our new job is going to be looking like as we begin in the new year? Maybe we're already setting saving goals for the next big thing in our lives, an improvement, a desire to achieve or attain something or get somewhere. We're always looking to the next. And it shouldn't be surprising that we do this, you know. The scriptures tell us that God has set eternity in the hearts of the human being. So if he set eternity in there, we're always looking for something more because what we experience now is certainly not that yet. This morning, I want to talk about not the next, but the the big thing. The big thing. And we've already heard about it. And as uh, Martina was doing uh, that wonderful kids talk, I was thinking I'm redundant again. Um, The story has already been told and the challenge has already been given. Uh, So uh, well done, Martina. But sometimes we're a bit slow to learn, Uh, no offence meant, but we're going to push through with uh, a second go at it. An event that changed history forever. An event that transforms lives. An event that has changed my life. Emmanuel, God with us. The story of the birth of of Jesus. There's a Christmas song around, it was written in 1990, well, in around the early 90s, released in 91 by Mark Lowry. It's called Mary Did You Know? You might be familiar with it. It puts you in that place of saying, you know, what, what would it have been like to have this baby? And it wouldn't have had a nice, pure, white light sitting on top of it. This child... I wonder what she thought. And some of the lines are, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? I mean, how could she ever imagine that? Mary, did you know that he's come to make you new? Mary, did you know that he has walked where angels tread? It's this amazing way of capturing the the impossible to comprehend, that God would come in the form of a baby. Now, I've got a few questions that I'd like to ask Mary too. I'd like to know if Mary ever had to discipline her child. I'd like to know how early Jesus got up on Christmas morning. Uh, I wonder how Jesus played with other kids. 
I wonder whether they ever sat at the dining room table and thought, this is God eating my dinner. And how, how did he respond to conflict as he grew up? I wonder as a child whether he talked about peace. So let me tell you a story. A story, and we use this term at Christmas, story is not fiction. It is an account, an account of an historic event, events that took place some 2,000 years ago. It's a story that's been recorded for us by a doctor by the name of Luke. And Luke did his homework. He researched everything. And he then wrote it down. We call it the Gospel according to Luke. And it's the third book in the New Testament. And this, a part of that account comes from his, the second chapter of his book. You see, there were some shepherds. Now, shepherds back in that day were very different to our stockmen riding big mobs. Those shepherds looked after other people's sheep and they did it seven days a week out in the country. It would have been a lonely existence, the shepherd and his sheep. And at nights there was only the moon and the stars for company. Looking after sheep must have just been the same old thing pretty much day in and day out. To break up the loneliness on this particular day, a group of shepherds had gathered on a hillside and they'd met to have some food, to sit around the fire and to chat. And there they were, seated, surrounded by mobs of sheep. And suddenly a stillness settled upon them. Something was different in the atmosphere, as it were. It was a dark night, but all of a sudden it wasn't quite so dark. They began to see each other's faces more clearly. There was sort of a silvery, shimmering light. And just as their eyes began to ache with it, further up on the hill, the glow began to intensify and it began to take shape. And they saw a man, a man like them, but not like them. And the shepherds have now stood up from around the fire. They're standing perfectly still, a fair bit of awe and a lot of fear. The shepherds are looking up the hill. And for a moment that seems like forever, they and this figure just look at each other. Somehow, the shepherds know it's not right to speak. The glowing figure speaks first. And he tells them of what he called good news that will cause great joy. Of a new baby born in David's town. A baby sent by God to save the world, to change things, to make the world a better place. He told them where to go and find this baby, how to recognise him, and then to go and tell others the good news of the arrival of this child. And as this glowing figure spoke, the shepherds felt the joy and the pleasure filling them as well. 
It was as if they shared his excitement. And then when he stopped speaking, one figure became two, and then four, and then eight. And in a second, there seemed to be thousands across the hillside. And they began to sing. Glory to God, they sang. And on earth to those on whom his favour rests, peace. The sound was stunning. The shepherds stood there filled with wonder. And then the singing came to an end. And all the figures were gone, just like that. Every one of them. And it was dark again. It happened so quickly. They just stood there in wonder. For the first time since they'd noticed the changing light in the evening, one of them spoke. Come on, let's go. Let's go find this baby. David's town, he said. That's Bethlehem down the road. In a manger, wrapped in cloth. And off they went, excited, running, cheering, singing, shouting. These ordinary shepherds suddenly felt important, chosen, perhaps for the first time in their life, special. And they did find him, just as they'd been told they would. Not much to see, perhaps. A young mother, a husband, and a little newborn baby. Born in a stable because there was no room in town. They were poor people. The man was merely a carpenter. And having seen this child... They did as they'd been told and they spread the the word through Bethlehem. And the people did get excited at the news as they ran around talking about it. And when they'd been through town telling all that they had seen and heard to everybody, they returned to the hillside and to their sheep, back to the open country, back to the day in, day out grind. Back to being ordinary shepherds. But ordinary shepherds who had had a most extraordinary um, night. Well, what a night that must have been. What a night. I can imagine the shepherd get-togethers weren't going to ever be the same again. Talk about it, the memories of it. We could spend hours exploring so many different aspects of this encounter and the events of that night. But this morning, let us just take a look at a couple of words that the angels sang right there on that hillside. Peace to those on whom God's favour rests. Peace. Peace. It's a wonderful word. There's something about the word peace that is really quite attractive. Perhaps it's because we live in such a broken and hurting and fragmented world that peace, the idea of peace, the concept of peace is so appealing. People everywhere are longing for peace. As we look around our world, people everywhere are seeking it. Peace in the face of war in the face of terrorism. Peace where there is incredible suffering and tragic loss of life 
peace between arguing factions and between people even of different faiths. Peace between employers and employees. Peace in families. Peace deep within our being as individuals as well. Yet no matter how much humanity longs for it and goes looking for it, and how, how strong and in complicated negotiations they have over it, so often we fail to discover really what we're looking for. You see, folks, God has been in the peace-breaking business since the beginning of time. God is the God of peace. It's important we name this, even though the world around us is not at peace. You see, we discover this model, though, wonderfully in the life of Jesus, this one who was born on Christmas Day. In this account that we've just unpacked, at the very beginning of his life, there is talk of peace. But it started way before that, some 700 years before he was born, the prophet Isaiah foretold of the birth of Jesus and he spoke these words, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus and peace are synonymous so what is this exclusive thing, this elusive thing, I should say, that we call peace? The Greek word in the New Testament is the, is the word that we get uh, our term serene from, which we often apply, don't we, to natural settings, you know, peaceful, natural, serene settings. But to the Jewish people, the word peace has its roots in the Hebraic word Shalom. And shalom has a far richer meaning. Shalom means harmony, well-being, completeness. And it means these things in every aspect of being and life. For there to be shalom, there must be peace in all areas of our lives. Peace with God. Peace with self. Peace with those around us and peace with the world in which we live. In fact, there's a bit of a progression here. Peace with others will only come when we are actually at peace with ourselves. And peace with self only comes in its fullness when we are at peace with God. So Jesus came with a ministry of peace, reconciling all things to God, says Paul in Colossians. Reconciling all things, but especially reconciling humanity, who are the image bearers of God himself. He makes a way through the broken relationship, broken by, well, by rebellion, by pride, by selfishness by godlessness, by God-denial. He makes a way through that brokenness to restore a relationship, 
a reconciled relationship with God, our Father. So it was forecast that he would be the Prince of Peace. It's announced at his birth that peace is coming into the world. And when he left this world as a human man, he said these words, Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Jesus brings peace. He comes with it. He left it. And he continues to offer it to all who will receive it. And note that it's not the peace of the world. It is not simply the absence of conflict. It is the peace of shalom, of harmony, of well-being, of completeness. This reality, the reality of this peace is even, um, even, through the, even though the, the externals of life can be all over the shop, brokenness, suffering, pain, hurt, it still exists in these situations. It doesn't change it, but it's in the midst of it. In the midst of it, we can know this very real peace, a shalom, a serenity. Therefore, do not let your hearts be troubled. A peace and serenity that comes from knowing and trusting God through Jesus, the Prince of Peace. The Apostle Paul, a famous figure in the early church, wrote these words. He said, do not be anxious about anything. Is that not a word for today? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And, well, and the peace of God, which transcends understanding, which is beyond our comprehension, that peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I said at the beginning... This is a narrative, this is a story that has changed my life. And one of the most significant ways that it has changed for me is this sense of peace, of shalom. This is the promise of God's peace for all who will trust in him. This peace is what Jesus was born to bring into the world. No wonder the angel told the shepherd he brought good news of great joy. No wonder songwriters have been writing songs like Joy to the World. No wonder the shepherds returned from Bethlehem glorifying and praising God. It is the great gift. It is the big thing. God in our world, bringing his peace. Could the next big thing for you be to receive the peace given by the greatest gift giver of all? God. 
you can receive and know this gift in your life. It's as simple as asking and trusting. If you are here this morning and this is news to you and you'd like to find out more about this Jesus, out in the foyer at a table there, there are little brown bags. We call them grab-and-go bags. It's just got a bit more information about Jesus and a little gift. If you'd like to take one, just grab it and you can go. There's no, uh, nothing else being asked of you. We want to help you in your adventure of finding out more about Jesus. So folks, may you know the gift of peace in your life this Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we, we sit here and wonder in our scientific mindsets at the, the possibilities of angels turning up on hillsides, of God becoming an infant child born in a young woman's womb. But here it is. We thank you for Luke who researched his material and wrote it down for us. We thank you for the promise, the hope, of the coming of your chosen one, Jesus, the bringer of your peace, Shalom. And we, Father, we thank you that it is not just because we read it on a page, it's not just because it's written in a book, but you then go on and write it on people's hearts. You make it real. And so this morning I want to pray for any here in this room for whom this is not yet something that has become real to them. God, lead them into a genuine encounter of you. Not just a mental ascent, but something that shifts in their soul, deep in their being. God, minister your grace. Bring your shalom to bear. And for those of us, Lord, who already know you and have experienced this, may we be like those shepherds. May we go out and share this good news. Sure, share it in culturally appropriate ways. Share it gently and with respect. But God, fill us afresh with the joy we've sung about. For it's Christmas. God is here. Emmanuel among us. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you stand with us? Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.